I'm Ed Gross, and this is Voices from Krypton, the podcast where we speak superhero. And we're also pretty fluent in sci-fi and action. For over 20 years, Warner Brothers Home Entertainment has produced over three dozen animated adventures featuring the heroes of DC Comics. It kicked off in 2007 with Superman Doomsday. And there's something fitting in the fact that when they essentially rebooted the whole thing, it was with 2020 Superman Man of Tomorrow. Here's how they describe the film. It's the dawn of a new age of heroes, and Metropolis has just met its first. But as Daily Planet intern Clark Kent, working alongside reporter Lois Lane, secretly wields his alien powers in the battle for good, there's even greater trouble on the horizon. Follow the budding hero as he engages in bloody battles with intergalactic bounty hunter Lobo, and fights for his life to halt the attack of power-hungry alien Parasite. The world will learn about Superman, but first, Superman must save the world. And first, we need to speak to Man of Tomorrow writer Tim Sheridan, who, in the first of a three-part conversation, reveals himself to be a massive Superman fan, which you'll quickly discover for yourself. It feels like the tone of the film is an interesting reflection of where the movies are going, in the same way that... Uh, the Justice League films, particularly in the last run, sort of coincided with Zack Snyder's take on Superman and, and that universe, that darker take. And now they've gotten lighter with Shazam and Wonder Woman and Aquaman. And it feels like suddenly the, these animated movies now are sort of embracing that lighter tone. Is that an intentional thing or am I reading too much into it? Honestly, I think you might be reading too much into it. I think that, (laughs) I'm sorry. I think, I mean, I I don't know. I can't really speak to where the movies are going, but, um, you know, for, for the future. But I, I, I know that with men of tomorrow, it it was really just organic to Superman for us. You know, when Butch Lukich and Jim Krieg and I first sat down and started talking about it. it. It was just, it was natural for us. We said, look, we want, because it's the movie, it's the kind of Superman story we all love is something really upbeat and optimistic, but, um, you know, or, or at least, you know, that something optimistic and upbeat grows out of um, some challenging circumstances in the movie. Uh, so, so I think it was really more just about Superman. Um, I, I don't, I don't know how, you can think of the character of Superman and not ever consider the the hope and optimism that he has always represented. I, I, having said that, I think there's room in the great big multiverse for every angle on a Superman story. I mean, I love, you know, the really dark versions of, of a Superman story, and I love the really light, upbeat versions of it. You know, I, I think, you know, as long as there's more Superman, I'm happy. And I hear that because it's just like, you know, one of my big complaints about the Snyderverse, as they call it, uh, was the fact that Superman is so angsty that every time he had to use his powers to help somebody, he looked constipated, basically. Uh, But, you know, but I still had the same reaction when they announced the Snyder Cut was coming. It's like, oh, I get to see more Henry Cavill as Superman. So uh, I'm thrilled about that. There's another one who's just perfect for, he like really rose to the moment, like just the right guy at the right time to play Superman. He's, He's great. And uh, and we, we should get more of him as Superman. Why not? I, Absolutely. I, um, I think there is a, you know, I, I don't want to get too deep into, you know, other creators and other filmmakers and, other, you know, their takes on stuff. But, you know, it, for those who, who maybe are not fans of, of the Zack Snyder Superman, you know, I think there's a fundamental misunderstanding uh, of what, what Snyder is doing and has done. I think that 
there is great hope and optimism in Henry Cavill's Superman, in Zack Snyder's Superman. Um, it is it, simply because we see him go through the darkest of circumstances, um, you know, doesn't make Superman, uh, you know, um, uh, you know, the, a, a dark, you know, mirror version of Superman. Um, yeah, sometimes you go to that place, but it's to show, you know, sort of in relief. You show that because it, it you know, the the hopeful, optimistic, bright side of Superman gets to stand out. So, I mean, I, I think that that those movies are terrific in in what they're aiming to do with 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 Superman. I think that there's a also a different sophistication that you're expected to bring in in a big budget live action movie um than uh than than you typically do in animation but i have to say that was a guiding principle for us in, with man of tomorrow I and mean, butch came in from day one uh you know our supervising producer butch lukic you know and he said you know this is we're gonna look at this like a like an indie art house movie um you know and 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 not shy away from the sort of live actionness of it you know you see there's a in this movie I mean, I can understand why people would be a little thrown because it's very different right. than the types of movies we normally make uh, in animation. Certainly, the types of DC movies. It's um, it, it there's a lot of uh, people talking, you know. There's there's people, you know, figuring things out together, and uh, you know, rooms, the things that you see on TV a lot. You know, two people sitting and having a conversation. Yeah. You know, there's a there's a scene in the movie with with Martian Manhunter. And uh, Clark sitting at the the Kent's you yes, know table, you know, kitchen table, and you know, does that when we, if 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 I had gone in and pitched, you know, okay, here it is, it's Clark Kent and Martian Manhunter, and they've met for the first time, and they're sitting and having tea at a kitchen table, <laughs> riveting. Like, it sounds crazy, yeah. right? But that kind of thing is what you see, what you would expect from any good character driven live action yeah. story. So why don't we do it in animation? Why don't we lean into character and you know revealed through conversation and and uh you know a, 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 you know rather than just big big plot action stuff. Now, this movie has big action stuff in it, but um but I don't think you you know, we we couldn't have made this movie if we didn't allow if Butch didn't right away at the beginning allow for you know uh superman and or, i'm sorry but uh, clark clark and lois to be having a conversation in his apartment um and uh, and have that be a thing that really changes the dynamic of the plot that informs what he's going to do for the rest of the movie you know those those things we leaned into and um you know i think that there's it's understandable if people watch it and say oh this is not the type of animated you know, DC movie that I'm accustomed to. And I say, exactly. Right. You know, precisely. That, that's what we wanted to do. And, um, and I think that Butch held, held, held that as a guiding light through the whole process. You know, my, my job, I do my job. I get together with the producers. We talk story. I sit down, I start, I write a script. Um, you know, I deliver that. We, we, we talk through it. They give me notes. You know, DC gives notes, Warner Brothers gives notes, the producers gives notes, everybody's involved. And, you know, then it's, it becomes about sort of solving the puzzle to, to put all that stuff together and try to make, a, you know, the, the, the right narrative grow out of that. Right. And, um, but then I'm done. You know, then I, I leave 
and they they record the actors and they storyboard the movie they they animate the movie they edit the movie they score the movie like all of that stuff happens and then i come to it like a fan like everybody else you know years later and like you know oh here, here it is but now my my point in explaining the, the the process is to say i was thrilled when i watched the movie and realized that you know butch never changed his focus on that he said from the beginning this is going to be a very different type of it's going to be more cinematic than than uh you know a typical uh animated dc movie and he really stuck to that and i think the movie benefits from it uh greatly oh absolutely i mean it, it's a really solid telling or you know this tale of these early days and if you like you said if you just went into action straight i mean there's great action in this movie but if you just went straight into action and that's all it was it'd be like well who is this guy you know this version who is he you know these early days so no i think yeah it's, uh... you know it's, it was tricky like you know we we knew from the beginning we said we're not going to do an origin story it drives me crazy when i see people saying it's just it's an origin story yeah <laughs> I mean, right exactly that's my impression that's my impression of people <laughs> of <saying> everybody <laughs> that's your impression of everybody <laughs> It's, 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 I think we're really stretching the definition of an origin story at that yeah. point. And I, you know, I don't want to spoil anything, but, you know, I, I, I think it's okay for me to say, you know, there's, we don't, we don't, we, we're not going to show you, uh, the last days of Krypton, you know, we, we don't show you the rocket ship go, right. you know, but, like we don't, we don't really spend, you know, you, you, Superboy is not in this movie. Like, you know, we don't, we don't spend time on any of that. We we said that all of that is the origin and that's all understood. So what we that's act one of Superman's story. We want to focus on act two, which is the part that we don't normally see depicted. And and that was from the very get go. We all said that. And uh, so it it's a little, uh, you know, it, it's frustrating when people call it an origin story because we really worked hard to say it's not really an origin story. It's an it's a it's a coming of age story in the early days of Superman's career. That was the focus from the beginning. And when you see the movie, I think you, you understand that. Um, and uh, so, 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 so having said that, like, you know, it's not like we repeatedly, you know, to cover Superman's origin in the animated movies. Either. So, so it's sort of like, I think there's room, there would have been room for it. Any, there would have been room for it, but Really, you just want to. But it's get not to necessary the, at this point. I think everybody gets it, yeah. and I think we what we wanted to get to was the stuff we don't normally see. Right. You know, we, how, how often do we get to see those early first days in Metropolis? You know, we we um, you know, we wanted to see sort of the evolution of like putting on the suit. I mean, that's a that's really a thematic sort of thing. It was a metaphor. The, the idea of, uh, you know, he's already doing heroic things when we meet him in the movie. It's just that. The idea of putting on the suit and embracing the Superman moniker, all of that was where we, where, how does that happen? Right. You know, that's what we wanted to see. Well, I mean, to, and also this approach to me, the, the similarity to me is, is the difference between going from Toby Hooper to, um, uh, what's his name? <laughs> the second Spider-Man, uh, his name just slipped my mind. Um, the kid who played oh. him in. Um, yeah. You mean Toby McGuire going to Andrew Garfield? Yeah. What did yeah. I say? What did I say? Toby Hooper, who's oh, the director. director. <laughs> I'm losing yeah. my mind today, I'm telling you. Uh, <laughs> but you look at that now, it's like, oh, we're redoing the origin story again. Great. 
But then you go to Tom Holland and it's like, it's sort of your approach in the sense of our introduction to him is the footage on YouTube that Tony Stark has of him catching a car and and doing it. So he's already doing it. We don't need to see the radioactive spider bite him to make the story interesting. You know, I I actually, I have a, here's a controversial take on, uh, on the amazing Spider-Man. Yeah. I was impressed. uh, The first, the beginning, the first act of that movie with Andrew Garfield. Mm-hmm. Um, I was I was impressed with the way that they retold the origin, but um, it was sort of more the origin of Peter Parker instead of the origin of Spider-Man, but the Spider-Man origin was happening kind of in the background of that. Yeah, that's interesting. I, yeah. I thought it was clever. Um, I think if you if you were going to do it, that that's a that's a good starting point. It's a good way to do it. Now there there various you know I, there's lots of criticisms of, about those movies and and you know I, but I, I think that there, there's stuff that for me really worked. I thought that that was a very interesting approach. Um, and it, it, it's not not completely uh, different than what we tried to do with Man of Tomorrow, where you know we you know the the the, the little bits and pieces about sort of the the rocket ship and and Krypton and and things like that are are, are being doled out little by little through the first couple of acts and um and you know it's painting a picture for for both you know clark and and the audience um you know so we so that we don't see those events play out in real time but we get a sense that they've happened right uh yeah you know, it's interesting, too. This movie, to me, what became the saving grace of a project that got abandoned, in a sense, and it should have been abandoned, was they were developing a show called Metropolis. Yeah, uh, I remember. And, yeah. Remember? And it was going to be Lois and Lex before Superman arrives. My oh. reaction is, who cares? And why don't you just do a show about the Kents before the ship lands? Who cares? Uh, but, uh, <laughs> well... I, I, oh, listen, come on. Val- valid, valid point. Valid point. Oh, okay. However, you know... I think uh, Gotham proved that you could do, you know, Batman without Batman. And I think the idea was, you know, do Superman without Superman. Um, You know, I I have I happen to believe that Lois and Lex are fascinating standalone characters on their own who probably could have supported like, you know, with the right the right, you know, sort of creative team. I think they could have supported that. But in the end, I kind of am. I think ultimately I'm with you. I feel like if you're going to do it, just do it. And that's why we're, I'm very happy we're getting, you know, Superman and Lois. Uh, oh, yeah. Show. And he's great. Um, I think he's great, Tyler. Uh, he Tyler is. Heckler, and yeah. uh, and I think, um, you know, I think more more Superman, more su- not less Superman, Please. more Superman, especially today. You know, I think that there's something different about taking the, the dark brooding Batman out of a Gotham show versus taking the bright light of hope out of a Metropolis show. They're, especially nowadays. Oh yeah. I, I think yeah. I, I want more. I want less. You know of the of the of the darkness and more of the light right now at this yeah. moment in time. Um, so I think it was a right. It was the right call, and I'm glad we're getting more Superman on screen. It's kind of like, and it's weird. I mean, are, do you like Star Trek at all or no? Do I? Oh, like okay. Star Trek. Okay. <laughs> well, well, here's the thing then, and and this is the, my feeling about Superman and Star Trek. Like, if you watch Star Trek Discovery, for instance, and Picard. Mm-hmm. It's all very dark, and Starfleet is very corrupt. Uh, when you look at Superman in modern age, a lot of times they're so hell-bent on having his eyes flaring red and scowling and all that stuff. And the fear I have about both those things 
is that the more you do it, the further you get away from the basic tenets and the more the audience gets used to those presentations. I think that's right. I think that's right. You know, I, um, the good news is that there is such a long history and there's so much canon to draw upon and to look back on and to be influenced by that I think correcting course is is never going to be an impossibility um with with somebody like certainly with superman or batman um uh for us on man of tomorrow you know we some things there were some things we read and and looked at and reread that you know don't specifically make it into the movie in terms of plot points or devices or anything or characters even but there is there are you can't help but be influenced by the themes of whatever happened to the man of tomorrow or um, uh, Superman for all seasons. Um, You know, like those things um, I I think, uh, you know, all of the, all the great sort of uh, all the great stories in the Canon um, add up to, to, you know, a, a sort of a, a fundamental understanding of Superman for us. And, so it's always funny to me when we call like something like Man of Tomorrow an original story, which, you know, we've been saying it's an original story from the beginning. And right. yet technically it is, but there's no such thing when you're dealing, when you're, when you're standing on the shoulders of these giants who have cleared all of this room and, and told all these great Superman stories. And, uh, you know, you're, you're just drawing upon, whether you're drawing on actual, you know, the costume that he wears before, he puts on uh, the the cape, you know, or or you know, or, or, or the the fight with Lobo, or the the um, the the Kryptonian artifact in the movie, you know, which from uh, something from Birthright, uh, you know, if you know, I, I, you know, it, 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 those things are very specific. But there's also there's also character theme thematic uh, uh, pieces of of that puzzle that you can't help but bring into it after immersing yourself, you know, in the, in the history of, of Superman. And also not just in comic books, but, you know, the, the biggest guiding force from day one for us was the Richard Donner movie. I mean, we said that movie was so successful in, in, in a time when you couldn't really do the kind of special effects you can do today. Right. But to tell a very grounded story of if if that movie was made today you'd call it an art house superman movie yeah exactly you know you'd say oh that's a weird little independent superman movie <laughs> and uh and that was that was what man of tomorrow grew out of sort of you know that was so successful why can't it still work it it can it's just that now we have so many resources to really make the consequences and the stakes so big and and world ending that you know, we go, we do that because those things look really good on a giant screen. You know, uh, I, I have to wonder in the, in the time that we're in now where people are watching content on, on the small screen more and more because we're all in our homes um, because of the, the pandemic. You know, how much of that is really as important now? Um, you know, we it's probably more important to tell the kind of stories that we, we're telling in, in Man of Tomorrow, you know, where we get to really drill down on the character. And we will continue to drill down on this conversation in our next installment. But in the meantime, please subscribe, share this podcast with your friends, and give us a five-star review. Thanks very much for listening, and we'll see you next time.